Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts with a look at California agricultural news. As of January, California's tomato processors reported they have or will have contracts for 11.6 million tons in 2024, which is a decrease of 10% compared to 12.9 million contracted tons forecast in the August 2023 California Processing Tomato Report. Processors estimate that the contracted production for 2024 will come from 232,000 acres, generating an average yield of 50 tons per acre. This year's contracted planted acreage forecast is 9% below the 2023 estimate of 255,000 planted acres under contract in the August forecast. The USA NAS Pacific Regional Office surveyed California's tomato processors for their intended contract acreage and tonnage for the upcoming 2024 season. The data reported by processors was either tonnage with derived acreage or acreage with derived tonnage. The early processing tomato estimate is funded by the California League of Food Producers. To help answer the fresh produce industry's most urgent food safety questions, the Center for Produce Safety has just funded 10 new research projects valued at just over $2.7 million. The funded principal investigators hailed from research organizations in five U.S. states as well as Spain. Nine projects were awarded via CPS's annual call for research proposals, which identified top industry science priorities. This cycle's projects are designed to answer questions on topics evaluating and mitigating risks associated with waxing roller brushes enteric viruses, agricultural water, subpart E, and more. The research focuses on whole and fresh-cut produce, field, and packing houses. Those CPS findings often apply to the fresh produce supply chain. To ensure the resulting science best meets industry's needs, researchers' proposals were first vetted and refined by CPS technical committee members and other expert volunteers. These projects have begun and will be completed within one to two years. These timely new research projects were made possible by the generosity of industry contributors to CPS's campaign for research and grants from the state's specialty crop block grant programs in California, Florida, Texas, and Washington, all of whom are committed to enhancing fresh produce food safety. That according to Joe Pizzini, chair of CPS's Volunteer Board of Directors and Senior Director of Ag Operations for Taylor Farms. He says without their support, CPS could not succeed in a mission to fund science, find solutions, and fuel change in produce safety. In addition to the nine projects awarded through the annual grant process, CPS awarded one special project, the Tri-State Special Project on Harvest Equipment, a data-informed consensus of clean for the intended purpose. CPS funds special projects when an urgent industry need arises between annual grant cycles. This project is led by Dr. Shanna Rock, University of Arizona, and Dr. Michelle Daniluk with the University of California. This project began in November 2023 and will end with a final presentation at the 2024 CPS Research Symposium. With regards to newly funded projects, researchers will present progress reports and final findings to industry and other produce safety stakeholders at CPS's annual research symposium. CPS will also share project statuses and final findings through various knowledge transfer activities, including CPS emails conveying research updates and trade media articles. 
Chipotle Mexican Grill has announced it will be providing additional financial wellness and mental well-being support for more than 110,000 employees through a new employee assistance program and enhanced benefits. The company will hire additional employees over the next couple of months to prepare for its busiest period of the year from March to May, which has been famously coined burrito season. Chipotle's new benefits will enable eligible employees to pay off student debt while saving for retirement, build credit through high-tech banking, manage their financial wellness, and access mental health resources. More than 73% of Chipotle's restaurant employees are Gen Z, and these new benefits cater to the challenges they are facing. It's been widely cited that those born in the late 90s through early 2000s are experiencing notable financial challenges, including racking up credit card debt faster than previous generations and being nearly twice as likely as a general population to not feel confident managing their money. In a strawberry crop update from California Giant Berry Farms, they are forecasting strong volumes of organic and conventionally grown strawberries in the weeks to come. The yields are coming following a challenging 2023 of suboptimal weather, but despite this, the company's on track to continue to deliver high-quality strawberries. Despite the challenges strawberry crops encountered last year, the industry as a whole has shown resilience, according to Alan Ettinger, Vice President of Sales. He says they look forward to a strong spring crop throughout the growing regions this year and will continue to uphold standards to deliver the best quality available to their customers. The company reports its Florida-based grower partners are on track to deliver strong volumes of strawberries, forecasting peak promotable volumes spanning from mid-February to mid-March. This crop marks the debut of California Giant's new Fresh from Florida label, which is an addition to the classic California Giant insignia that promotes Florida agricultural products through consumer marketing campaigns, partnerships with domestic and international retailers, and an established presence at prominent industry trade shows. Additionally, the company's spring crop production is also underway in the Santa Maria, Oxnard, and Mexico growing regions. Oxnard's current production of conventional fruit is slated to provide a stable supply of strawberries through the end of May. Likewise, the Santa Maria growing region is ramping up production gradually with a steady supply of quality conventional and organic fruit spanning the winter and spring months. This is despite the current wet weather in the areas as the plants are strong and crews are quick to clean up the fields to make way for new fruit. Strawberries from Mexico are currently in peak production, which is forecasted to span the month of February and into March. Combined, these regions will be providing apple volumes for the Valentine's Day poll and weeks thereafter. Through the shared industry goal to drive significant increases in strawberry consumption, California Giant continues to deliver on its mission to deliver the best berry experience by providing a year-round supply of sustainably grown fresh berries that represent high standards for quality and consistency. The Napa County Farm Bureau is saddened by the sudden loss of their chief executive officer, Ryan Clobus, who died recently at the age of 45. In a statement, the organization said Clobus was a dedicated and relentless advocate for agriculture, but also a friend to many. Clobus first came to work for the organization in September of 2017 as a policy director after working in Sacramento as an advisor to then-Governor Jerry Brown on environmental issues and who also made appointment recommendations for all of California's environmental boards and commissions. Upon receiving the award, Clobus says, as the CEO of the oldest agricultural organization in Napa Valley, it is an absolute honor to represent so many ag families and businesses and to know that they are successful on their behalf. He said he's proud of the organization and the work that they do. Citrus is considered a prized staple of Chinese and Lunar New Year festivities, and it is traditionally given as a gift symbolizing good luck and prosperity in the future. 
Valencia-based Sunkist has created a limited edition Year of the Dragon-themed 10-pound carton to help keep the citrus category at the forefront of long-standing celebrations domestically and across America. In Chinese culture, the dragon holds important significance as it is the only mythical creature in the Chinese zodiac representing good luck, strength, and health. Sunkist limited edition Year of the Dragon cartons and matching merchandising program features authentic Chinese design with bold custom illustrations printed with a focus on red and gold colors. With the growth of this program, Sunkist has continued to expand its offerings. The 10-pound cartons can hold either navel oranges or caracara oranges and new this year they have exclusive packaging for select retailers in addition to lunar new year themed merchandising bins sunkist also has new bin headers and header cards this season that promote flavor information and nutritional benefits as well as trending recipes that can be easily interchangeable for all in season With things like changing wages, overtime provisions, and other ag labor regulations such as the indoor heat illness rule, there's a lot to know when it comes to being an employer in the California ag industry. How can an employer keep up with all of this while running every other aspect of their business? Associations like California Ag Labor are available to provide effective compliance measures to ensure employers are prepared for when, not if, but when, a regulatory agency arrives on site. Rudy Mendoza, director at Cal Ag Labor. We've actually been around since about 2015. And this membership organization is a nonprofit that was born of uh, a need to help our farm labor contractor community, uh, in essence, uh, to make sure that uh, we're all in compliance with any state, local, or federal labor regulations. So think of us as your best friend when it comes to making sure that you, A, understand the regulations, whether they're coming from the Department of Labor, Cal OSHA, or any other regulatory agency, uh, but not not only understanding those, but also knowing how to address or answer the the concerns. Um, And so, you know, we work closely with not only farm labor contractors, but also growers, packers, shippers, and anybody that is in the ag industry uh, that is dealing with uh, having to respond to regulatory concerns. Obviously, discussions about the slew of regulations ag employers have to follow in California can be a drag, but better to have that conversation with folks like those at CalAg Labor than with the regulatory bodies themselves. We often say that it's better that they receive a visit from us in the field as opposed to any of the regulatory agencies because what we are going to do is we're going to uh, conduct an inspection uh, but also look at all of the uh, records and practices of the operation and determine where the deficiencies are. So oftentimes we will find things that are uh, deficiencies related to you know paperwork or administrative aspects. Sometimes uh, their training needs uh, and so When we uncover those, then we work closely with the members to address those concerns, either through training, education, uh, policy and procedure, uh, any corrective actions that need to take place. The biggest difference, as we tell our members, is that when we arrive on site, uh, we're here to help and and correct those uh, issues. Uh, When the agencies arrive on site, more than likely, if you are deficient, you're going to be cited. And so we seek to prevent those. 
uh, citations and all of the negative things that come with a, a regulatory inspection. Mendoza said the top regulations he and Cal Ag Labor have been looking at are applying correct wages and safety concerns during hot summer months, among others. The top three, and I'll go down one at a time, uh, we can start with Department of Labor concerns. So uh, this actually started out as a result of uh, unpaid wages uh, going back several years. And so uh, one of the things that we still see concerns with is uh, farm labor contractors or uh, operators that still don't know how to, um, how to apply uh, correct uh, wages or how to pay correctly based on issues such as uh, what we call uh, non-productive pay. Uh, so non-productive pay issues are some of the things that we still uh, see a concern with. So for example, if you are driving down the highway and you see a labor crew that's waiting on the side of the road uh, to enter a field, uh, you know, are they getting paid for the time that they were asked to report to work? Not necessarily actually working, but uh, reporting pay. And so those are some of the caveats that uh, actually cause Cala to be born. And, and so we're dealing with those issues. But uh, we also have uh, some safety concerns. During the hot summer months, we still uh, see operators that either neglect to carry enough drinking water or uh, provide the adequate training for their employees. And so uh, you know, those are the top issues that we deal with. Um, and then obviously there are administrative issues, paperwork issues. Uh, most contractors um, uh, now understand that there's a lot of policy and procedure, for example, having an, an adequate injury and illness prevention program. Uh, now in 2024, California employers are faced with having a workplace violence prevention program. And so those are not only documents that they have to have, but they actually have to have adequate training. And so what we do is we provide the education piece, the training piece, and the accountability piece all in one. Uh, by educating the, our members, they understand the necessity for these uh, programs, but also we provide the training to make sure that their supervisors and their workforce are compliant. And then the accountability piece uh, we check periodically to make sure that they're maintaining uh, their, uh, whether it's training or documentation pieces uh, to keep them in compliance. So we provide a, a lot of comprehensive services all rolled into one. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Daler Jalstrom. Fresh Del Monte Produce Incorporated, one of the world's leading vertically integrated producers, marketers, and distributors of high-quality fresh and fresh-cut fruits and vegetables, has announced the launch of its latest pineapple innovation called the Ruby Red Pineapple, which is a red-shelled pineapple. This pineapple has a red outer skin, bright yellow flesh, and a new sweet flavor similar to Del Monte pineapples. The Ruby Glow Pineapple is the first being launched in China in time for the Chinese New Year as part of the company's grand debut in the Chinese market. A waitlist is available for consumers in other countries. 
with around 5,000 pineapples available worldwide in 2024 and 3,000 in 2025. The pineapple's rarity and limited inventory make Ruby Glow pineapple a highly coveted item. It holds particularly true in a Chinese market where consumers wield significant spinning power and value luxury novelty items. It's grown in Costa Rica and the Ruby Glow pineapple has been in development for more than 15 years and has a registered patent in the United States. It's a cross between a traditional pineapple and a Murata pineapple, which is typically an edible, making the Ruby Glow pineapple a hybrid fruit produced through traditional crossbreeding techniques. Ruby Glow pineapples are naturally ripened in Costa Rica on the plant and sold crownless in elegantly designed packaging. New technology could allow farmers to play a major role in the production of sustainable aviation fuel. USA Ag News reporter Gary Crawford has the story. What was at one time conceived to be impossible now has been proved on this location today as possible. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack in Soberton, Georgia, attending the opening ceremonies for the Lanza Jet Freedom Pines Fuels Facility, the first such plant in the world that can take ethanol and turn it into sustainable aviation fuel, which, Secretary Vilsack says, the aviation industry certainly wants and needs. At the end of the day, if we're really to mitigate the consequences of a changing climate, the transportation sector clearly has to get to a net zero future. In order for it to get to a net zero future, uh, aviation uh, has to get there as well. Uh, And it can't get there without a sustainable aviation fuel. So this is a day to celebrate a very significant step forward. A step forward, he says, not just for the aviation industry, but for farmers who will be supplying the feedstock for what could be a huge and growing demand for ethanol. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. A new data from USA's Economic Research Service shows emergency relief program payments were largely concentrated in North Dakota and Texas. In 2020 and 2021, the U.S. experienced 42 disaster events, each resulting in damages of at least $1 billion, including hurricanes, drought, and wildfires. The emergency relief program provides funds to assist commodity growers who suffered losses from natural disasters in those years. As of January 2023, cumulative payments made through the ERP totaled $7.3 billion. USA dispersed a large portion of this total, $1.16 billion, to North Dakota producers of corn, soybeans, and wheat, who also experienced flooding in 2020 and drought in 2021. And in Texas, cotton producers received $510 million of the $909 million dispersed in the state. The American Farm Bureau Federation set policy direction at their annual meeting, which was held recently in Salt Lake City, Utah. Farm News reporter Michael Clements shares more on what's important to farmers this year. Farm Bureau's annual convention concluded Tuesday with a session on policy priorities for 2024. American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duvall says the Farm Bill is the top issue. We stress the importance of getting a new Farm Bill done and how urgent it is to get it done now. Labor was another hot topic, especially around stabilizing the wage rate and ensuring that we can make progress on year-round labor workers. Another takeaway was the artificial intelligence and the need to seize the opportunities related to AI while ensuring that farmers' data is protected. A fourth takeaway relates to contract poultry growers 
Our delegates called for a fair pay structure and more transparency among poultry companies. Duvall says the policies begin at the grassroots county level. Then they rise up to the state level at their state conventions where they're discussed, and then it moves on to the national level where we finish that debate at our national convention. This year we had 350 farmers and ranchers delegates from all across the country. And I want to also share an important point. We surveyed them, and 99% of them are family farms, and two-thirds of them come from small to medium-sized farm, and that's based on USDA classifications. We really do represent a diverse agriculture in America. More than 80 speakers and 4,500 registered attendees were at the event this year. We had a great convention here in Salt Lake City. The energy level was high among our attendees, and they are very optimistic about the future and taking on new frontiers. We're all looking forward to getting together again next year in San Antonio, Texas. We invite every listener to join us. We want them to mark their calendars now for January 24th through January 29th for the AFEF convention. Learn more at FB.org. Michael Clements, Salt Lake City. Organic Valley, the largest cooperative of organic farmers in a nation, has announced a first agreements and payments to initial organic farmers participating in Organic Valley's carbon insetting program. Building off the University of Wisconsin-Madison published research in a journal for cleaner production, which showed Organic Valley's average on-farm milk emissions were some of the lowest in a nation, the cooperative is taking the next step to improve the carbon footprint of its milk. As a recipient of the USDA Partnerships for Climate Smart Commodities grant, the co-op is offering additional support for practices implemented on eligible Organic Valley member-owned farms, including selecting and scoping region-specific projects, verification of those projects, and then helping to fund the practice installation. The co-op offers technical assistance to help farmers plan and design carbon-reducing projects, sources grant implementation funds, and ensures monitoring and verification of those projects. The projects include renewable energy installments at farmsteads, upgraded manure management technology, and enteric reducing feed supplements. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see... West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. (laughs) 